Acts chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. When you're there, say amen. Thank you so much. Don't go too far. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, are you there? That's why you're saying amen? Okay, I can barely hear it, so either soft voices or hard of hearing. We don't know. Okay, so um, today... We're going to talk, the message is on waiting. <laughs> waiting. No, I'm just joking. That is not the message today, but uh, that's how my brain works. Uh, wait for it. Uh, praise God. We're not preaching and waiting, but that would be pretty good. Um, I just sit here for ten minutes and see what happens. Whew, thank you, Lord. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna read out of Acts one here in a minute. But for over a week, I've I've been feeling just this message burning in my spirit, and I believe it's from the Holy Spirit um, to strengthen you, empower you, encourage you. And I just want to share that for, just straight from my heart. I, I believe what's going to come out today is going to be simple. But how many know when we just follow the Lord and we'll let him do the rest, that's, that's where his power is, is made manifest. That's where he gets to work, where he's just finding obedient vessels, willing vessels. So, Lord, we just yield ourselves to you. God, we honor you. We revere your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the love that we find in your word that you so carefully made sure that your word has endured through the ages that we might partake of who you are. Jesus, you are the word of God become flesh. And we ask today, Holy Spirit, that you would make the word of God become flesh in our lives today. Lord, we ask for a manifestation of your power. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing in this place. We just declare the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ over our minds, over our hearts, over this, this time, over this service. God, we consecrate this time. We set this time apart unto you. And we say, Lord, do whatever you want to do. Yes. Have your way. Lord, we yield to you. We come under your authority, under your power, under your truth. We pray that any truth in us that disagrees with your truth, that it would yield to your truth. We bind every confusing thought. I bind the, the, the instructions and the assignment of the enemy this morning. We just cancel every plan of the enemy. In Jesus' name, we just take authority over the flesh. And we declare that lordship of Jesus Christ, king eternal, this morning. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you're awake, say amen. amen. Praise God. Um, and what I feel on my heart is, is a very simple message about being a witness. You're like, great. I'm out of here. Uh, and let me start by just saying, this is not a message on you need to be witnessing more. Now, I think all of us don't need to be told that because we probably have something in us that's like, man, I just want to be a more effective witness. God, I want you to use me more. How many of you, just show of hands, have it in your heart, just a desire to be a more effective witness where you see Jesus changing lives all around you? Yes, right? So we all share this desire. We all share this hunger. And so what I'm here to, to share, I believe, 
through the leading of the Holy Spirit is not a, here's what you need to do. <laughs> it's a, here's what God has empowered you to be. Jesus never called us to witness for him. He called us to be a witness, not do. We are such a doing people. You know, we so naturally, okay, I could do this for God. God did this for me, so now I'll do this for him, and I'm just going to pay him back by sharing the love. You know, like we do that, like, God, I got it. And we try and go do. How does that work? <laughs> We do so much for God, right? <laughs> Not like, right. Jesus is like, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I believe that if we were to add a word to that just for understanding, you can do nothing that's of meaning, nothing of power, nothing of impact, of life. God has called us to be a witness, and I, I believe he wants to encourage us to Understand what we have in him, but also the willingness of him to work through us. But also, I believe we are in a time where the Lord is just, uh, he's doing a work to really release his bride to be a witness in the earth. I believe we're entering in a time where um, the, the need is obviously great. There is great need. But I believe it's, it's time. There's a Kairos time here where he's saying, church, it's, I'm, I'm waking you up, but I'm going to start operating through your life, even, you know, like without trying. It's just we're going to start seeing him do more. But I believe there's an anointing here to release us uh, this morning into uh, being empowered as witnesses. Um, I also just feel the need to just say this. If you feel the Holy Spirit just start convicting your heart, start working deeply within your heart, and you just feel feel the need to respond to him. I want you to know these altars are, you got a place here. Just run to Jesus. If you need to respond, I just feel like I need to say that. Respond to him. Uh, don't worry what anybody thinks, but if the Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking to our hearts. And so if you need to respond to him, make sure you don't leave this place without responding and, and yielding and surrendering to what he's saying. So Acts chapter 1, if you're there, say amen. amen. I'm going to just force you to say amen about 100 times. But uh, Praise God. Uh, I'm just going to read the first eight verses because there's power in his word. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of that Jesus, of all that Jesus began to bo both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive. Somebody say, alive. After his suffering, by many infallible proofs. Infallible. Can anybody give me a definition for infallible? That's a big one. Uh, you can't shake it. You can't break it. It's infallible. Being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father. Can you just say that? Promise of the Father. Which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Thank you, Jesus, that the Holy Spirit has already been poured out. Amen? 
Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Isn't that funny? He's like, I want to send you. The the promise of the Father is going to be poured out. And they're like, okay, so is this the time when you're going to do that thing where you get rid of Rome and you take care of all of our problems and you do what we told you you're supposed to do? And Jesus is like, boom, stop it. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you, back to what I was saying, is like what Jesus is saying. Let me get back to the point. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Can somebody say amen to that? All right. If if it gets too quiet, I'm going to make you shuffle chairs. So, uh, no. I, I'm not even joking. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And how many know sometimes we, we, we love that first part of the verse? I don't know about you. Maybe it's a different experience for you. But in my experience, just being around Christians in church and stuff, man, we love. And, I, and we should love. We should celebrate, shout, dance spin around about the fact that we have been given the ability to receive the power of God when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. How many know that's something to celebrate? But often, as believers, we stop there. We're like, yes, all right, the power of God, let's go and uh, just do whatever I want for my life. You know, it's going to help me. It's going to empower me. There's an and. And. Or with that, or therefore, or a, hey, with that power, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Praise God. There's, there's more. And I feel like the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, the the, the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is to remind us that, man, has he poured out his spirit? Absolutely. Do we need to be filled continually? Absolutely. But what is the, the purpose? Ap- to desire the gifts of the Spirit is absolutely something we are to desire. I believe that all is part of the package. That's how God works in our lives. But we're called to be a witness and uh, again, I'm going to reiterate, this is not about doing more for God. The, I, I'm just going to say, performance mindset has got to die. Amen. You right? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, who goes home after church charged up, and you have a great day, and you go to prayer meeting, and oh, the Lord is so good. And Monday morning, you wake up. Oh, man, I just haven't been doing much for God lately. He's just not really wanting me around, I don't think. And yeah, I don't, I don't think I read my Bible enough. So, and I haven't shared the gospel with enough people. And man, I just don't think God really wants to spend time with me. Anybody ever thought that? Oh, I'm the only one? Okay. Anybody ever thought that? Okay. Yes. But it comes out of a mindset of I've got to do. I've got to do in order to earn. Because we live in a world where you do in order to earn. Grace bloggles our mind because I cannot earn it. I can't pay for it. It's given. But then Jesus said, freely you have received, so freely 
give. So everything God's called us to is not because we got to do more in order to earn his love. It's because in his love, in relationship, in being with him, it comes out of us. And so if you would, would look at yourself and say, hey, that's something I wrestle with. I, I feel like sometimes I just shake with this idea of like, man, I, I'm not doing enough for God. Here's the answer. Go spend time with him. Just spend time with him. As you are in his presence, you hear God's true voice because that voice of you haven't done enough, that is not the Lord. It is not the Lord. I'm going to make it really clear. That is not the Lord. Jesus sends us to do, absolutely. God calls us unto things and we actually do things, but guess what? It's never been designed for us to do it apart from him. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We're meant to be in relationship with him. And out of relationship, I just follow his lead. He's like, hey, look at that person. Do you see that? Do you see the brokenness that I see? Would you just pray for them? And you go over there and all you do, you don't have any idea what's going on. And you just start to say, would it be okay if I just prayed for you? And all of a sudden, moments later, you're like, what did God just do here? He just did something miraculous and crazy. And he used me. It's amazing when we would just simply spend time with him and out of relationship with him. He wants to do so much more than we realize. And he wants to do it with us, through us. And it's beautiful. And so we're called to a high calling to be a witness. But that's not a, like, you've got to earn it. That's a, man, what a privilege. In relationship, we get to be a co-laborer with the living God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I just, I'm, I'm just going to lay this out very simply how I just feel it in my heart, and I hope it, it bears witness to you. I hope it, it encourages you. But um, three things, three truths about being a witness. One is there is so much power in the simple gospel of Jesus. There's more power than you realize. Within the gospel itself is contained all the power required to lead someone unto salvation, to open a blind eye to see. In, in Romans 1, I love this verse, and growing up, we used to sing the song by the Newsboys. Anybody know Newsboys? They're, so, they're like still around, but they're like half DZ Talk and half Newsboys now. Uh, anyway, if you were like a 90s kid, you probably knew this stuff. But um, we sing a song, I'm not ashamed to let you know. You know that song? That was, whew. I remember being up here with Jim and Andrew singing that one. That was a, that was a party. Okay. But uh, how many know we, we, you know, we go to a, a camp meeting or something where we're like charged up. All right, let's go, let's go share the gospel. I'm not ashamed. I'm not, yeah, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And yes, should we be ashamed of the gospel? No way. Should we just have that position of our heart? Man, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Absolutely. But there's more to that verse. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for or because, or let me tell you more about the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to lead someone unto salvation. It is the power of God to literally take someone bound in darkness and pull them out and put them in light. I mean, it's powerful. The gospel, the good news of Jesus. I've heard it said it's the the almost too good to be true news. You know, it's like, it's so good. It doesn't make sense to our minds. The gospel, the good news about Jesus, the simple story of who he is and what he's done is the power to lead someone out of darkness into marvelous light, to take a dead person and make them alive, 
It's the power of God. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in, in a moment. It's crazy. You'd like be talking to somebody who's totally hopeless and to- totally lost, and you simply share a few truths about the gospel of who Jesus is and what he's done, and all of a sudden, they're like moments later, like, I want to give my life to him. Yeah. I mean, what is that? What is that? It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus. It's the power of who he is, the power of the gospel. And when we simply open our mouths or are a part of what God is doing, the Lord does all of the rest. And it's amazing what he does. But it is the power of God. I was um, just, just a, uh, I don't know what it was, maybe a week and a half ago, we, we're, we're moving into a house here very soon, which is awesome. And uh, we're pretty excited about that. It's a total miracle. Uh, it definitely feels like 40 years in the uh, wilderness, and we're just, you know, ready to go. Joshua and Caleb, let's roll. Um, but uh, I was, uh, so we're getting furniture, and uh, I met this guy, and uh, I won't say his name. Hopefully, we'll see him sometime. But uh, we were just moving furniture, and he's just telling me about his story, and about his life, and he moved here, starting a business, and all these things, and we're just talking, and you can just you know, you can just tell there's, there's something in him that's hungry. And um, I was just like, something in me, it wasn't like I was feeling spiritual. How many, how many know sometimes God uses you the most powerfully when you don't feel like it? I love, uh, what, what's Steve Sampson's book? Uh, you can't use me today, Lord, I don't feel spiritual. Um, something like that. But uh, man, I, I just so did not feel like, yeah, I've been praying for five hours, let's go win the lost. And I was just... Getting furniture, you know, loading furniture, wiping the sweat off my brow. This furniture was heavy, you know, strapping it down. And, uh, and I just, all of a sudden, compassion just pours out of me. Just whew, comes out of me. And I'm telling you, I did not feel spiritual, like seriously. And uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you can relate. How many know that's performance? That's, that's why we got to get rid of it. But... Uh, Jesus, his love just comes right out of you. And I just, oh, it's just like something in me was like, I can't leave without at least just sharing the love that I have found. I can't give, I can't just give him money for some furniture and not give him the power of God unto salvation. And I I just said, hey, before I go, can I just ask you a question? Has anyone told you how much God loves you? And he just went, Yeah. But he was like, this look on his face is like, what are you going to say? What you, tell me. I mean, it, like, it, everything changed. The countenance on his face, everything. I'm like, what just is going on here? And I just start sharing. It was just like, it was like warm butter. His heart was like warm butter, with a, just like putting a knife into it, just melting. And I just simply am just saying, I've just got to tell you. Man, I was such a jerk. <laughs> I was just telling like my story, and I'm like, God so changed me. And his power to make a dead man come to life, it's because of what he did on the cross. And, you know, just barely shared the very, very, very simple gospel, just sharing what God had done in my life. And, I mean, this guy is dead silent, but hearing every word. And I, you know, I call my wife after. I'm like, babe, I'm crying. I can't believe this. Like, oh, God is so faithful. I was like so not, let's go win somebody, you know. And just the compassion of the Lord 
because we're in relationship with him and he's in us and he goes, oh, I have a heart for this person and they're ready, they're ready. And um, out of that just flowed a powerful time and we got to pray together and it was, it was awesome. And uh, it was a, a couple days ago I spoke to uh, just this lady, I was more, more stuff. Anybody use offer up, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's how you get the, the goods for cheap. But uh, <laughs> I'm buying this thing. And this, all of a sudden, this lady just starts telling me like her life story, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm kind of in a hurry. You know, I gotta go. I got other things to do. And okay, yes, yeah, you know, and okay. And, but but then I'm just like, all of a sudden, my my heart is just melting for her. There's compassion pouring out, and I'm like, oh my goodness, she so needs. And I kid you not, the only words I uttered was as I'm leaving, because I'm like, her, you know, kind of in a hurry, and I'm like, Jesus loves you. Before I go, if I never see you again, I need you to know this. Jesus loves you. That's all I said one time. I just said, Jesus loves you. Immediately, just broke. The floodgates just broke. And it opened up a great opportunity. And it's just amazing if we just in relationship, not go do for him, but walk with him. And as he leads, he's like, oh, there's a heart that's ready and needs me. And compassion just comes out of you. Just like Jesus was compelled to feed the, the 5,000, compelled to meet the woman in Samaria. That's the compassion of God. And out of relationship, and because the Holy Spirit is there and with us, he's the power. It, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So when, it's, when you just simply open your mouth, you can be like, uh, peanut butter, jelly, and Jesus and like the Holy Spirit says, I'll work with that. You know, it's just, it's amazing what God does. He does all of the work, but we get to be a part of it. So there's power in the gospel. We're never to do for God. Like, I, I know that sounds like, whoo, wait, did we just hit something? Uh, I don't think we're supposed to do for God. I think we're to do with him, be with him, walk with him and in him. Jesus said, abide in me, and I'll abide in you. He who abides in me bears much fruit. Fruit just comes out because we're in him and he's in us. It doesn't say you will go to the factory and produce fruit. You know, if you go do things that I've told you to, of course, we follow him. He's going to tell us stuff to do, right? Open your mouth. Just tell him I love him. Pray for that person, whatever. But we're just with him. We're doing it with him, not for him. Does that make sense? Hopefully I'm not, you know, steering you off here. But, uh, and I believe that applies to being a witness. We're not to be a witness for him. But we're, he says the word he uses is unto him or to him. We witness to his goodness, to his love, to the nature of who he is. When I was talking to that one guy, I was just like, I, was, I described it to a friend. I was like, it was like I was just telling him about my best friend and what we just did the other day. It was just like this simple, natural conversation, but it was just working. The power of God working in it. And I think, um, I think one of the reasons the enemy is quite pleased if we live in a performance, I'm going to do for God mindset. I, I feel like we just keep hitting on this, but I think there's an important reason for it. And, but here's why I believe the devil's totally okay with the church thinking they need to go do more things for God. You know why? Because it completely 
diminishes what Jesus did on the cross. Because when he shed his blood, he was buying back a relationship between God and man. And Jesus, I love this story at the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, that Jesus has died. The third day has come. He's risen from the dead. Some of the, you know, the first the, the, uh, Mary and, and the women had seen that Jesus is not there. And then the disciples ran and John beat him to the tomb. But Peter's the crazy guy who walks in the tomb. And he's like, he's not here. They, they weren't lying. How many know sometimes men are hard of hearing, brick-headed, like they wouldn't believe the woman? They're like, I told you, you didn't need to go see her, you know. Um, but John and Peter were hard-headed and had to see for themselves, uh, right, men? Yes. Well, and all the ladies said, Amen. well. Uh, but so the disciples, there's murmuring and commotion like, well, where is he? They did, had a hard time listening to the angels that said, hey, he's, he's alive. He's, he's not here. And uh, so there's a commotion, and, and there's these, these disciples, Cleopas and uh, the other guy. I don't even think there is the name. But uh, they're walking down this road to Emmaus. They're leaving Jerusalem. It's a seven-mile journey on the road to Emmaus. And they're talking about themselves, but they're, they're downcast. They were weighed down because they were, like, worried or concerned or sad. They didn't know what was going on because they've been living in a point of grief because Jesus has been dead. They've not yet seen him. And so Jesus <laughs> shows up and says they didn't recognize him. Their eyes were, were, were closed to it. They, they didn't realize it was Jesus. Jesus starts walking with them. I just love this picture. This is the nature of our God. Do you remember what it says about Adam and Eve in the garden? In the cool of the day, what, what did God love to do with Adam and Eve? Walk with them. The time at which God encounters Adam and Eve in the garden when they had sinned was at that time. He came and he said, it's time. It was time for our walk. I just want to spend time with you. Adam, where are you? Eve, where are you? Adam says, I'm hiding. I'm ashamed. I, so I hid myself from you. I saw my nakedness. I didn't realize I'm, I'm actually nothing. I'm actually worthless. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm naked and I made a terrible mistake. So I hid myself from you, God. How many know God did not get rid of relationship with man? Man got rid of relationship with God. But Jesus, in his mercy and his love, said, I will become the spotless lamb. I will become me, the creator of all things. We're just talking to our kids about how big stars are and how many of them there are. It's just insane. It literally bursts your mind. Like the emojis on your phone will not do it. How big our God is. He became like a man even to the point of being born as a baby, needing to depend on other humans to care for him, to grow, lived a perfect life, to buy back relationship, to restore relationship. And so here, Jesus has finished the job on the cross. He said, it is finished. Three days in, in, in the tomb, and he's risen from the dead, and it's It's done. He's, he's done it all. He's paid the, the price of sin 
The price of death, it's all been taken care of by what Jesus did. And he's walking with them on the road. And I, I wonder what, you know, in his mind was going on, how excited he was and, like, how long he's going to play this out, you know. So what, what are you guys worried about? You know, I can't tell, you know. And because uh, he's God. And uh, yeah, you ever think these things, right? Um, but he's like, so what's going on? And they're like, well, haven't you heard about all that went on? And he's like, what do you mean? What happened? You know, tell me. <laughs> And uh, he didn't lie to him, but he also played dumb. And, uh, and they're telling him about it, and he it says he began to open the Scriptures, beginning with Moses all the way to Jesus Christ. You know, there's power in that name, Christ. We live in a day where that word is being used in many worldly, humanistic doctrines, new agey stuff, to say everybody can be a Christ. It's not Jesus' last name. No, no, Jesus is the Christ. There's only one. Christ means Messiah, the anointed one. And so Jesus Christ, the anointed one walking with them, unfolds all the scriptures and how from Moses and on, it all pointed to him and what he did on the cross and how he's risen from the dead. And they still don't get it. They're, they're, like, they're like amazed. And there's something burning within them. How do we know? Because later on it says, was not our hearts burning within us? So their hearts are burning and they get to the place they're going and it's starting to get dark. And Jesus looks like he's just going to keep walking on the road while they're kind of, all right, we're done walking. And they're like, oh, um, don't leave. You know what? I think that's a really simple, beautiful prayer for the bride. Jesus, don't leave. I want to spend more time with you. How many know God doesn't leave? But that heart, oh, I want more of this. Whatever's happening right now, I don't know what it is. But I want more of this. I'm going to get to a point here in a second, but I, I just want to say something. I love this statement. I'm pretty sure I've heard it from Reinhard Bonnke. I can't remember who originally coined it. But the sentiment that Christianity should not be an explanation that demands an experience, but an experience that demands an explanation. Meaning, when you encounter the living God, something happens, it's like, what just happened? That's what it should be like. And I believe God is, is bringing us into a time where you're going to see this happen in your life without you even... Hardly trying. I mean, of course, there's a willingness and a yieldedness to following and walking with him, but it's going to be like butter. And there's going to be like the people going, what, what, what is it going on? In, what do you have? I, I don't understand. There's something that's different about you. There's something in your life that doesn't like everything else out there, and there's something that's alive in you. I don't understand it. Would you tell me? Or, man, when you prayed over me, what was that? I don't understand it. I, there, there's something alive in what you're saying or what you're doing. Would you explain it to me? Jesus opened the scriptures just like the Ethiopian eunuch who's going down and he's reading the scriptures and there's something burning in him. I don't understand this, but there's something alive about this. When he's, He was like a lamb led to the slaughter and Philip comes by, boom, translated and shows up and He's like, here's the scriptures. He's like, do you know what you're reading? And he's like, no, would you explain it to me? I've, I'm, something's going on here, but I don't know what it is. And he explains it to him, and he gives his life to Jesus right there, and he sees some water on the side of the road and says, 
There's some water. Can I get baptized? I want to give my life to God. This is the day that we're living in. This is the day that God's bringing us into, I believe, prophetically. But here's Jesus with these dudes on the road to Emmaus. And, and they, they're like, Jesus, it's been a long day. Please, would you come with us? Would you just like hang out with us, eat with us? We'll give you a place to sleep. You get the nicest bed in the house or whatever. And Jesus says, okay, yeah, I'll come in. This whole time, Jesus has been walking with them, walking with them. I love it. It's the heart of God to just walk with us, be with us. But there's, their eyes, their hearts are burning, but they haven't quite seen it yet. What happens? They sit down, and Jesus says, let me take care of this meal. I'm going to break the bread. He says, when he broke the bread, their eyes were opened. Communion, man, is so powerful. It's not just some, like, uh, ritual. It's an act of remembrance of who he is, but it's also a, uh, a declaration that we have relationship with him. The communion table speaks of we're in relationship with one another. When you sit down at the table, it means I'm in relationship with you. So I love that Jesus opens their eyes at the moment that they're at the table. He says, in relationship, I want you to see this. That's who I am. And then he, you know, poof, disappears on them, which was pretty cool. I think you're like, nice exit. Um, but Jesus shed his blood to buy back relationship with us. So he's never, every one of his commands, every one of his, his do this or go and do this, it's never meant to be done for him or apart from him. It's meant to be done in him, with him, through him, by him. That's God's call for, for all of us. And I love the, the heart of our God to bring us into relationship. And if, I'm just going to say, if you do not have relationship with the living God, if you do not have relationship with Jesus Christ, Messiah, do not leave this place today without beginning a relationship with him. And it begins with absolute surrender. It begins with us saying, God, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my, as Adam said, I'm, I'm naked. I was ashamed. We give him our shame. We give him our nakedness. We give him our inabilities. And we just say, God, I don't have much to give, but what I am, I give to you. And then we receive everything that he is in eternal life. Amen? Um, okay. There's power in the gospel. We don't do for God. We do with him in relationship. And third, as we are becoming a witness, we must be empowered from on high by the Holy Spirit. There's power in the word of God. Apollos preached the word of God with great power and truth because the word of God stands on its own. It's powerful. But then, then these disciples walk along and say, did you know there's a better way? A more perfect way? Paul shows up to a bunch of disciples that Philip had recently gotten led to the Lord, and they got saved, they got baptized in water. He's like, have you guys received the power of the Holy Spirit? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? They're like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. We, we just got baptized in water. I'm still drying my hair out. And, and he's like, you need to receive this. And he prays over them. They all are baptized in the Holy Spirit, all pray in unknown tongues. But there is a reality that we need God. I believe part of the reason our brain 
goes against the need for the Holy Spirit is because it, it, it requires that we acknowledge we need Him. It requires dependency. What Pastor Jonathan was saying, we need comfort. We need help. We need counsel. We need wisdom. And we absolutely need His power. In uh, Luke 24, 49, it says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. How many know if Jesus says, I've, my Father has a promise for you, we want that. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued, endued with power from on high. Man, so funny how much we try to rely on power from down low. When he's given us power from on high. I love that words that he says, power, or you'll receive power from on high. That speaks of, of not just his ability, power. He is power. I mean, there's no limit to who he is. But it speaks of his authority on high. He's above all things. In Isaiah 61, I want to just read this because there's so much power in this scripture. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And Deb, would you mind just start making your way up if, if you don't mind? Thank you so much. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for their ashes, to oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. We absolutely need the Holy Spirit to be a witness. Jesus joins it with, I'm going to ascend, stay, hang out, wait here, Wait till the Holy Spirit comes, and when he comes, you're going to receive power. And you will be witnesses to me throughout all the earth and here at home and everywhere in between. We need the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. If Jesus said this is how you be a witness, then why would we ever try to do it a different way than him? I mean, Jesus didn't even do miracles till the Holy Spirit came upon him. I mean, if he relied on the Holy Spirit, I think we should too. But let me say this. We don't just need the Holy Spirit on our lives. The world needs the Holy Spirit on our lives. If you read through that scripture, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, captives, those who are bound those who mourn, those who have ashes and their life is a wreck and a mess and there's like nothing good. The Lord wants to bring beauty in exchange for those ashes where there's heaviness and mourning and, and weeping and, and, and no, lack of joy and there's depression and oppression on their lives. I want to bring in the oil of joy. Where there's heaviness, I want to bring in a garment of praise, a shout unto God. And I want to, more than anything, bring glory to God, that his name would be glorified, and that we wouldn't just see converts, but trees of righteousness planted, rooted, 
bringing glory unto God, the bride that he deserves for the suffering that he did for us. The world needs a people on fire. Again, this is not a do for God message. This is not a you got to do this. This is a calling to simply acknowledge our need of him and that we're called to be joined to him as a witness in this earth. The Holy Spirit is here to bear witness to Jesus, to manifest Jesus to the world. If you're here today and you've received Jesus, you've given him your life, maybe you've been baptized in water, but you've not received baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want to pray for you. We want to pray for you before you leave this place. It's as simple as asking Jesus. He is the baptizer. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but the one who's coming after me, he's so much greater. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We need this baptism. There's some here I'm, I'm speaking to today. I, I believe you may have known something about Christianity, known something about being in church, known something about giving your life to God, but if you're honest with yourself, you could just know, my life does not belong to him. I've not given him my life. God has such a high call on your life. God has such a purpose on your life. He wants to work in you and through you, but it all begins with encountering him. We can't be a witness to someone we don't know. We can't be a witness unto the Lord or un we can't witness who Jesus is in this earth if we haven't met him, known him, been changed by him. If you're going to be a witness to something, you got to have witnessed something. There's this, this question that Pilate asks in Matthew 27. He's just met the king of kings. And Pilate is a guy who's pretty high in authority. He, he knows a king when he sees one. And he's talking to Jesus, and Jesus isn't answering much. And then Jesus says, I came to bear witness to the truth. He's like, what is truth? And I think we live in a day where there's a lot of people... If they're honest, they probably have that question in their heart. What is truth? But then Pilate says this. What then shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? God never got rid of relationship with man. Man got rid of relationship with God. So God is not unjust to the reality that those that are perishing going to hell for eternity separated from him that is the consequence simply the payment of sin that is what sin accomplishes that's why the enemy sought so hard to question the word of God question what Adam and Eve were created for and so much to get them to bring sin into their life, which brought a separation from God. That is why Jesus, the spotless lamb of God, came and shed his blood. It, was it gory? Yes. Does it sound like a morbid story? Yes. That is the love of our God, that he would literally shed his own blood to say, I want relationship with my creation that bad. 
that I will buy him back. I will pay the price that all sin of all time would be laid upon me so that it wouldn't be on them anymore. And so there's this question when we see the gospel, which is the power of God into salvation, when we hear it in church and we come to church, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that come to church that I don't know where they're going. And, that, and that's not a scary thing. I'm not trying to like, uh, you know, breed fear or anything like that. The reality is we all must come to answer this question. What shall I do then with this Jesus who they call the Christ? We must say, what will I do with this this information, what will I do with, there's something burning in my heart, just like those men walking down the road. They said, was there, man, that was him. Did, did you feel that burning in your heart that whole time we were talking to him, but I didn't understand? It was burning within me. There's something there. If there's burning in your heart today, but you know, man, I don't know if I'm right with God. I am telling you today, don't wait one more moment. Choose what you will do with this Jesus. I was thinking of it like this. If somebody paid, let's call it a, you know, $100 billion. That's a lot of money, more than most people have. And it was their life savings. They spent everything that they had to buy a pill that would just completely cure any person of cancer. It was a high price. And it's made available, and the price of that pill is zero dollars. How many know that's pretty cool? That's pretty amazing. That, that sounds pretty awesome. The reality, though, is unless I take of that pill and receive that gift, the entire power for what it can accomplish stays within that pill. It's always there, but I have to choose. What will I do with this gift that's been given? That is the question today. What will we do with the gift that Jesus is unto the world? Would you stand with me? I really believe there's, there's something in... Uh, I believe the Lord's speaking to his church, speaking to all of us this morning, that there is a, there's a place of total surrender. If you're here today, I want you to do something really quick. Just close your eyes. This is not because it makes you more spiritual. This is because it just helps you to focus a little bit more. With your eyes closed, I just want, want you to ask yourself this question. Rather, ask God this question. Lord, have I surrendered all to you? Have I given you all? Have I withheld my whole life, my whole heart, my whole being, my whole future, all of my time, all of my treasure, all of my talent? Have I given it all to you? I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit. He's so good at searching our heart. If you're here today and you've not 
given your life to Jesus. And yes, it is giving your life. It's not add Jesus to, to the mix. I'm going to start playing Christian music and my life gets a little bit better. That's not Christianity. Christianity is I have given my life to God. I've laid it down. But when we do that, I receive eternal life. The person of eternal life, which is Jesus. And everything that comes in that, man, God transforms our life. It'll make you a witness. When you see what God does, people will start looking. What is going on with you? What is different about you? But I'm telling you, do not leave this place if you do not have a relationship with Jesus. We do not know what tomorrow holds. Don't live another moment without him. It's not even about do I or do I not die tomorrow and can I go to heaven? That's not the question. Don't live another moment without Jesus because he's that good. He's king eternal and he wants to walk with you in the garden. He wants to walk with you in every aspect of your life. If you're here today and you've not given your life to Jesus or you're not in a place where your life is truly completely surrendered to him. I don't want you to leave this place without really laying your life down before him. So these altars, they're open. I want you to respond. And that's not for me. You're responding to God because he paid the price to buy back relationship with you and he wants you. He wants to have relationship with you. And if you will truly yield your whole heart to him, man, what God will do in your life. So this morning, if you need to give your life to him, I want you to come. You can come stand here, come stand there, but just come. And if you're here today and you've been desiring in your heart that you just, you would be empowered, emboldened to be a, a witness. I believe the Holy Spirit is here to release an anointing, an empowerment to be a witness here in the earth. And I want you to respond as well. And we're just going to pray. Over here at the altar, we'll have prayer teams come, but come now, if you will. Come. If you need to respond to God, come. If the Lord's been stirring in your heart, you feel Him a burning within your heart, just respond to the Lord. A lot of stories you hear of people that years, 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 years later, you hear these stories where they say, it all began that one moment where I walked down to an altar and I said, Jesus, I'm going to give it all. I want to give you all my life. I want to lay it all down. There's so many stories that begin with that moment. It's like I'm, I just finally gave up trying to do it all myself. And I just said, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my life. I'm going to put my trust in you. I don't even understand it all, but I'm going to put my trust in you. How many stories began with a moment at an altar? with a moment of surrender, with a moment of God, I don't care what anyone else thinks. There's a day of judgment where I'm gonna stand before you and I'm gonna be so glad I didn't worry what anyone else thought. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to I want to do something which we do this sometimes in church and I, I we're always cautious about it because sometimes we can put our faith in the prayer. And this is not to put our faith in the prayer. We're here to put our faith in Jesus, the person of who he is. But prayer is simply a way of it's just a word that means 
talking to him, relating with God. But I, I think there's nothing wrong with the whole church doing it. And if you're up here this morning to be released as a witness, empowered as a witness, you can pray this along. If you're up here because you know, you know what? I need to really give God my life. I'm, I'm serious to give him my life. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to lay it down. I especially want you to pray with me. But can we do this? Can you just, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. But this is you praying, giving your heart to God. Just say, dear Jesus. Thank you that you desire to have relationship with me. I thank you that you have paid the price for all of my sin with your blood, which was shed on the cross. I confess that I need you. I confess that I can't do it without you. So I surrender my whole life. And I say from this day, my life is not my own. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Have your way in my heart. Lead me. Guide me. Help me to plant deep roots and go the distance. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord. How many know we can draw from the wells of salvation daily? Salvation is not a one-time thing. It's a lifetime. It's an eternity. To know him is eternal life. Praise God. Well, I just want to release the prayer teams. We've got some that are up here, but um, we're going to come around. I feel like we just need to pray over you guys that have responded. If you still, if you have a prayer need and you're not up here and need prayer for healing or whatever, come, come pray. But we're going to pray over your guys' life and especially praying for just a release of the power of God to be a witness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.